occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 34. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses on day 7,396 of lockdown. Whoop whoop. Why do we whoop whoop everything? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about the smiley face murder theory, not to be confused with the happy face killer, which is a different thing. Well, at least there's a lot of happy crime. I guess you could say that. Yeah. I mean, if these horrible things are going to happen anyway, at least be positive. What are you covering today? I am telling you all about the Freeway Phantom, which is a serial killer from the 70s, not to be confused with the Freeway Killer, I believe. Today's theme is confusing <laughs> crime. <laughs> Today's theme is just confusion. This will be a slightly more serious podcast, I presume, as opposed to last week's one. So if you don't want to hear about a bunch of people dying, then pick a different podcast. Maybe listen to the last episode. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, this one's going to be different, isn't it? It's real real people. I feel like it goes in the name Myths, Magic, and Murder, but it's okay. <laughs> I didn't want to get any new listeners on the last one where we joked about clown death farts. Fair and enough. Yeah. There was it's a lot. crime. Uh, last episode doesn't feel real, honestly. I had a really fun time. Oh, yeah, it was good. And you guys seem to like it, which is also good. And thank you to everyone that has given us recommendations of different stories. We really appreciate that. It makes our lives easier. We know what you want to listen to. So keep that up and we will definitely get around to it. We do kind of plan some of our episodes, so don't be upset that we haven't done it like today. Yeah, we plan about a month in advance, so we will get around to all of your requests. That we will. Unless they're really strange. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, sometimes the stranger the better, but... I mean, just like, my mum was eaten by a lion. I would 100% share that story. If your mum has, in fact, been eaten by a lion, please write in. Don't... Okay. Do we have to cover anything else before we start talking about horrible things? Uh, don't know. I feel like... That covers all of it? Yeah, not a lot's been going on, really. Just uh, moving on with life slowly. Yeah. So well, let's get into it, then. Oh. <laughs> Kay hates it when I, says, I say that. Why? When For I say that. <laughs> when I says that, is that because I say it all the time? It's yeah. my thing. It's not your. It's my. It's my thing. It's not your thing. Ooh, I'm Kate, and I have six catchphrases, and Abby has one, and I hate it. <laughs> Listen, it's not my fault. I know how to market myself. Anyway, <laughs> my sources for this case are crimeandinvestigation.co.uk, and that's it. Wikipedia, Oxygen, Rolling Stone, and all that's interesting. Fair. Don't attack me. Well, we haven't even got into it. <laughs> I didn't use that many sources this week, so... Alright, so... On January 1st, 2000, Brian Wilson... Wellzine. Not entirely sure how you pronounce it. How do you spell that. it? W-E-L-Z-I-E-N. Was a university student who went missing from Illinois after celebrating New Year's Eve with his friends. He was only 21, and he didn't often attend parties because he was a dedicated finance student, and he spent all of his free time on the soccer team. But obviously, Y2K was a huge deal, so he agreed to go out for the night. His friend said that Brian only had about three drinks, but as the night was coming to a close, he seemed super intoxicated. Which could be for multiple reasons. I mean, if he doesn't drink much, 
someone could have put something in there or people might not have seen him get more drinks. Also, like, if you exercise on the day that you drink, your body, you, you get more drunk off of less. You do? Yeah. And I imagine, like, if he's not like a bodybuilder, I imagine he'd still be a pretty light guy if he's just playing soccer, you know? Yeah. So, so it wasn't super suspicious. Yeah. So Brian decided he was going to turn in for the night and go back to the hotel. And all but one of his friends agreed to go with him. When they parked up at the hotel, Brian got out of the car to vomit and his friend said that they'd just meet him inside. Eventually, the last friend that was still partying got back around 4am and he went into his hotel room that he was sharing with Brian only to find that he was not there. They reported him missing at 1pm the next day after looking for him in the area. After searching for what felt like forever, police found Brian's body 77 days later, washed ashore on a beach in Indiana. Police said there were no signs of foul play and that he probably drowned. His blood alcohol concentration was only 0.08%, which is the equivalent of having like a couple beers. So obviously, this is a bit strange. Would it change though if you were vomiting up a bunch? Possibly. Because, like, he might have done, like, some shots or whatever and then just puked them up before they had time to sort of be absorbed. It's entirely possible, but it does go with what his friends said when they said, we didn't seem to have that many drinks. Maybe he got spiked and just threw it all up. Well, yeah, possibly. Crazy. So, obviously, this was a little bit strange. Police thought Brian had just been too drunk, walked into a nearby lake and fallen in. But how does a man who's seemingly pretty athletic was on the soccer team fall into a lake and drown after a few beers uh i don't know it's not i'm not that suspicious of it because alcohol does if he's not drinking much i fall over all right well i mean i'm not a super athletic guy but like guy well yeah i'm not super athletic nor am i a man fair enough <laughs> well brian's body showed only slight decomposition, even after supposedly being in water for 77 days. His organs were mostly intact and he had no fluid in his lungs or sand in his stomach, so it's evident that he did not drown. Even if you don't think this death is suspicious, between this and the next few years, police pulled dead bodies out of 40 young white men out of pretty much so many lakes and and rivers in the area. Mm -hmm. They were across 11 states and all of the men have been leaving bars as well as being popular, athletic, and successful. In 2005, Todd Gieb was at a bonfire party near his home in Michigan. He was 22 and fit the same profile as Brian. Todd did not return home to his mother after the party, and she called the police as soon as she realised. The night Todd went missing, he'd made several calls from his cell phone, and one of these calls was to his friend, who said he heard Todd say, I'm in a field, before the call dropped and he disappeared. 22 days later, Todd was found in a lake that had previously been searched by authorities multiple times. His head and shoulders were sticking out of the water like he was swimming. So he'd been positioned upright, if you think of this as a staged incident. Uh huh. Later on as well, there is... So I don't mention obviously every victim yeah. that could have been a part of this, but they did find another guy in a river laying on his back with his arms on his chest, like crossed over. Right. Like in sort of like a coffin position? Yeah, kind of like, just like you're resting on the water. Right. So he was 
looking like he was swimming, whether this was foul play or not, it's still a bit strange. Similar to the previous story, Todd's body showed very little signs of decomposition, which showed that he had not been dead for the days that he'd been missing. They found alcohol and antidepressants in his body at the time, but he did not suffer from depression. What, what is the cause of death? Well, the police just write it off as drowning. But there's no water. How would they do that? They say he was drunk and now he's in water. He's dead from drowning. I suppose, yeah, but you get sent to a medical examiner, don't you? So yeah, they're, they, they're just they literally it. just said that. Like, that was what happened. They said they'd been drowning. It happens. But Young men no just get drunk. Them. Okay. The police just wrote everything off as it's just a coincidence. Well, I understand the police writing it off. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, I mean, I don't, but it makes sense if you're pulling a guy out of water. Well, he's a drunk, like, frat looking boy. But... At the time, I'm not sure what was said because obviously. I wasn't researching this at that point. Yeah. But since then, there's been a TV show that I will mention later that I haven't watched, but I did read over the article for. Mm -hmm. And it's about the detectives that are looking into the case now. Okay. And they are reopening things. Right. And talking to the the examiner and saying, you know, what did you find? Mm -hmm. And they're saying the body wasn't decomposed and there was no water. So I don't know whether they said that at the time or maybe we should watch the show, but I'm not entirely sure why the police didn't do anything about that when they found out that they didn't actually drown. I think the police possibly just wanted to say that happens. They just wanted to close cases, get it off their desk. Yeah, and not cause a panic. Hmm. Because this happened to a lot of people. So if you take at least this type of antidepressant and mix it with alcohol, it can cause side effects like confusion, agitation, and risk of hallucinations. That's true for quite a lot. Yeah, Yeah. but that's my point. Yeah. And they could easily be slipped into a drink, and at this level you would be completely incapacitated and unable to move. So how would he have been able to go and get himself into a lake? Also, did someone put something in his drink at that point? Yeah, okay. On a tree next to where Todd's body was found, there was a smiley face spray-painted onto the tree. And when he was buried... A sticker of a smiley face was placed at his grave. Weird. Maybe it was... You said they were sort of successful. Do you know what any of them were doing? They were at university. They were all at uni. They weren't... At, I, I think they were all at university. They all had high GPAs. And they were all at different ones if they were across 11 states. Yeah. Because right. I was going to say maybe it's like a hazing type thing, just gone wrong. Possibly. It was... They were all, at least the ones that I researched, they were at university and they were in their early 20s. They were white and they were doing some kind of sport. Their parents described them all as sporty and, right, you know, smart. I mean, I suppose it could still be like a culty type thing. It could be. In 2006, 21-year-old Lucas Homan went missing after celebrating Oktoberfest. His parents worried about him going since, at that point, seven young men had drowned in the river. Oh my god. But he went anyway. He was found dead in the Mississippi River several days later. And police said that he'd been there for 50 hours. But there was evidence from the autopsy he'd only been there between 3 and 12 hours. 
Lucas also had injuries on his forehead, like someone had been holding him down, and a smiley, smiley face was spray-painted nearby. 2008, 24-year-old Tommy Booth disappeared from a bar that he was celebrating at, but there was no footage of him leaving. Two weeks later, he was found face down in a creek. Even after it had already been searched, a smiley face was painted on the wall of the bar. It's a bit weird, isn't it? 2009, 24-year-old William Hurley went missing after leaving a hockey game. He called his fiancée to come pick him up, and when she did, she said she couldn't find him. Six days later, he was found in the river near where, she, where he'd called to come and get him. He had alcohol and GHB in his system, and a smiley face was painted near the river. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with GHB? Drug, it. Do you want to give a lowdown? It's like liquid ecstasy, isn't it? Pretty much. As far as I'm aware, I know that it's like a... Uh, an easy-to-slip-to-someone drug. Yes. So, do you think that these are suspicious? I don't know, because... I'll give you one more. So, in 2017, which is obviously a lot more recent, mm-hmm. 23-year-old Dakota James went missing after going home from a night out with his university friends. There's surveillance footage of him going down a dark alley, and that's the last time he was seen. He was found 40 days later in the Ohio River. Police believed his body had travelled 10 miles and through a dam, but his body had no visible damage and a smiley face was painted nearby. It's just weird that they don't have any, like, you know, they're not, um, for want of a less graphic word, like, engorged, if they've been in water that long. Yes. Um, they look fine. Apparently most of them are in pristine condition. Like, they've just been placed there. That's weird. Well, the police and many others think that it's just a coincidence, and the deaths were simply drunken young people falling into rivers. However, former NYPD detectives Kevin Gannon, Michael Donovan, Anthony Duart, and criminal justice professor Dr. Lee Gilbertson are convinced that many of these drownings were murders because of how suspicious they are, and obviously, the smiley face. Well, yeah, it's weird. And like the fact that the smiley face is there in all of them, is it the same type of smiley face? No. That is the only thing that confuses me a little bit, is that they don't look the same. I'll show you a photo in a minute, but they don't look like the exact same smiley face. It's more just a general, a general thing that is nearby when they're found. I mean, it could be, like I said earlier, it could be sort of like a culty type thing, because that would explain why it was over 11 states. Because originally I was thinking like, oh, it's just like a transient killer. I just, I don't have a clue. Why is there a smiley face? Why are they not engorged? I'm absolutely baffled. Well, Gannon and Dwart... Am I saying that right? Dwart? Dwart? D-U-A-R-T-E. Duarte. Well, there's no accent. Dwart. So I figured it was like Dwart. I don't know. D. Gannon and Dwart, however you say his name, have been suspicious from the first incident in 1997, when Patrick McNeil was found washed up at the New York Harbour two months after he went missing drinking with friends. They watched as their employer declared that there was no foul play, both of them knew that something was wrong. And their theory is that the men go like go to the bar, go to the club, and then they're accosted outside of the bar and, bl- and drugged, mm-hmm. and then they're led somewhere, 
where they're overpowered, tortured and killed, and the bodies are left in water to wash off any traces of DNA and cover up any bruises. Well, yeah, I thought that, maybe, but then if it's something like torture, first of all, if I was going to commit a crime against a person for whatever reason, and I picked a successful white person, you can extort that for so much. You can get ransoms. Do you know what I mean? If you've got this person... Not everybody wants to get involved in things like that. True, but it doesn't really seem like a crime of passion, so what would the motive be? Maybe they just like killing people. But I don't think it's the same person. I don't think... Why would you have different smiley faces? I don't know. So, their claims are backed up by the autopsy reports of drugs in the system of some of the victims and why the bodies are in such good condition for supposed mm-hmm. drownings. Yeah. Gannon and Dwar also said that the smiley faces are taunting the police, laughing at them because they cannot see the pattern. The FBI dismissed these claims and said that they're simply... Simply... <laughs> simply alcohol-related drownings. Local police departments also agree with this. And many people put this down to laziness or incompetence or that they want to suppress panic from the public. So what could it be? I have... Could be a serial killer, someone who's smart, knows where to travel. All of the bodies were found in states very close together. So it could be possible that one person is travelling around, but as you said, the smiley faces are different. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like a very big thing, but if you're going to make this brand, you would kind of... Keep it consistent. Yeah, like... I guess maybe maybe it's a, to throw people off, though, because you don't want people to think that it's one person. Maybe it's more confusing. Maybe the police won't notice if it's different, whereas if every smiley face is exactly the same, like a, a distinct calling card, maybe it's easy to be discovered that way. From a perspective of... Are they, like, etched a... in or painted on? They're painted. On trees or, like, on the floor or the wall. Yeah, it but could... that is a calling card, though, isn't it? Like, that's sketchy. It doesn't matter if it's the same one or not. Like... They're obviously saying, like, oh, well, I'm presuming, like, this is a murderer or a group of murderers. There is the kind of, okay, well, we want this to be, like, our stamp. This is ours. We've claimed this. But why would you be changing it? Do you know what I mean? They're obviously trying to create a brand of killings. Why would you not stick to the brand and just make, a like, a template and spray paint over it? Yeah, like, some of them have got noses. Some of them don't. It is definitely strange. It could be a group of serial killers, perhaps. Squad. It could be a cult that used the smiley face as their sort of, their brand, their identity, and different members are doing the killings and then signing off with the same sort of symbol. That's the kind of thing that I was thinking, like maybe um, sort of a cult or like a an occult type gathering in different states, you know what I mean? Quite possibly. I wrote that it could also be a copycat. So the first crime where there was a smiley face nearby, that could have easily been... I'm sure that was at least somewhat newsworthy mm-hmm. for people to connect that to the next the next thing. So maybe it was someone who was like, oh, that's quite good, even if it was a coincidence the first time, because people would spray paint things like that anyway, really. And then people have gone around and been like, oh, maybe I'll do this. And then it started a pattern where people are like, even if they just find the body, they're like, oh, I'll do this. 
it's a long shot, but it, I maybe. Yeah, I was kind of thinking like if we went into London and took a photo of every single spray painted smiley face, anything could happen at those locations. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Like just because there's a body by one smiley face and there are 800 smiley faces in London, there's not going to be a body at each one of them. It could be a coincidence because I feel like a smiley face is something very easy to spray paint. But these people have also still died in mysterious ways. And I don't believe that they're all related. I'm sure some people just get drunk and fall into a a river and, and drown, sadly. But like, I don't think that this is that. Oh, I think there's definitely something more sinister. I just don't know if... Because obviously, if someone washes up and it's suspicious and they've washed up next to a smiley face, it's going to get grouped with other ones that have washed up next to a smiley face. But if the smiley face is just nothing important, you know, and someone just washes up in exactly the same way, same MO or whatever, but they're not next to a smiley face, they're going to be grouped to something else. So I think it would be interesting to see how many deaths like this there have been, regardless of the smiley face. I think it is it is strange either way, though. The fact that this has happened and there are still smiley faces at these places. Oh, yeah. So the TV series that I mentioned earlier is called Smiley Face Killers, The Hunt for Justice. As I said, it aired last year. The men are, that are featured in the story I just said are also in the show. They managed to get a couple of the cases reopened, so hopefully the families will see some justice eventually. Find out if, if what happened, really, or any sort of information, or at least say, yeah, this was foul play. Because I can only imagine how frustrating it is if you believe someone was murdered and they're like, no, he just fell into a creek. Or something similar. That's so crazy. What do you think? What are your ideas on this? I'm quite interested to hear that. I'm leaning towards more of a cult type thing. Because cults often use symbols as sort of their calling card type thing, if that makes sense. I think maybe it's sort of like I know that I've mentioned cult a lot but um when I said about sort of hazing maybe it's like in order to be a part of this cult you know that's kind of like um it'll give you a lot in return if you are a part of this cult because everyone here is like well educated has a lot of money that kind of thing quite like a what's the word high up, high ranking type thing. Um, maybe in order to like be a part of it, you have to get through like the hazing and the people that don't are the dead people. And like the sign or like the symbol of the cult is the smiley face. Maybe. Or like maybe in order to get into the cult, you've got to do some like pretty sinister things. Like maybe the dead people are the collateral of people getting into the cult. Or a travelling cult. I'm not sure what I what I think. I don't know. It does seem a bit weird. I don't think it is a travelling cult. Because I think if it were, then you would have like the same four smiley faces rising their heads. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than a bunch of different ones. Whereas if it was a cult sort of spread out across the US... And they'd all agreed to use the smiley face. Yeah. And then it was just like, okay, um, Illinois, it's, you know, your kind of turn. 
like insectors, you know, like you've got to complete this, like a sacrifice almost. It could be, it could be a sacrifice type thing. Which is why I said sort of a cult type thing. It could definitely be a sacrifice, which would help as to why you would drug somebody and take them, I guess. But what's weird is that they're kept for so long. Because they're not in the water for fifty days; they're in the water for two. Yeah, they they they've been kept somewhere alive, presumably. But obviously, the damage isn't. It's not like they're completely. Um, what's the word? Exsanguinating them, draining them of all blood. Right, I think that's the word. You know, and then like tossing their body away because I feel like that would make it to the news. Yeah, fair enough. Whereas you've just said that these people turn up. I know nothing about, like, they. I don't know if they were all strangled, if they were all hit over the head, if all of them are missing, like, an eye, you know. They were fine. Exactly, like, it could just be anything. But, like, this is what I mean, how did they die? I don't know. I do not know. Because I think as soon as you figure that out, you've got, like, another piece of the puzzle. Well, hopefully... They will be somewhat solved someday, but for now, that's so frustrating. And we don't even know if they're really connected or whether it's just a coincidence. Because without a doubt, it's foul play, but are they related? Is it the same person or the same group of people, the same guy doing the same crime? Or is it... Yeah, if it was just a couple, I would be like, oh, maybe... Um, like if I went into the woods and there was a river in the woods and I found a dead body, maybe I would mark on like a tree or whatever so that when I was showing the police where it was, I knew where to go. Fair enough. Kind of specific though. Yeah, but like that would make sense for like a couple. But if you've got loads of these and like everyone's picking a smiley face, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just doesn't make very much sense. I guess we won't know. But that's that, anyways. My god. Wow. I feel like you really picked a good one. Thanks. I'd I wanted never heard to make of you it. think. Yeah. That's crazy. The more you know. Yeah. Wow. Almost feels kind of wrong to plug. That's what we gotta do. I'll I'll let you go first. Okay, if you wanna see any reference photos, see any interesting posts anything like that you can follow us on social media at myths magic pod there's never anything gory on there i feel like we should oh yeah no we don't post anything anything bad or scary or anything i mean if it is scary i will say on the show it's scary but usually it's just a photo of of a place or a person so you can kind of think about it differently i think you can you can you can picture it i yeah. mean not like in a Oh my god, I'm picturing them being murdered, yeah. But, like, you can kind of understand what we're talking about more, or, like, you can understand the time period or understand the sort of logistics of, like, the murder house going around that, that kind of thing. Um, I just wanted to clear that up because... Yeah, I never thought about saying that. We don't post anything horrible. Yeah. It's just that and nice posts and, like, memes and (laughs) and other fun things. It's just us being goofballs and telling you some horrible things. Yeah, it's a nice, friendly, safe zone also, if you want to hear us say happier things this week, we have just posted to Patreon talking about our childhood fears. It's silly and funny and maybe <laughs> an enjoyable 
so you can go check that out miss magic and murder on patreon and if you want to tell us your haunted happenings terrifying tales or spooky stories you can email us over at mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com ready ready my sources this week are wikipedia unresolved.me thetruecrimedatabase.com washingtonpost.com and mpdc.dc.gov Okay, so from April the 25th, 1971 to September 5th, 1972, there was an active serial killer in Washington, D.C. In this time, six young women and girls were murdered. They were Carol Denise Spinks, Darlenia Denise Johnson, Brenda Faye Crockett, Nenemosia Yates, Brenda Denise Woodward, that's Woodward, it's just how I speak. I just sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> and Diane Denise Williams. All of these girls were between the ages of 10 and 18. And all of them were black. As far as I can see, these are the only two similarities that all of the girls shared when they were alive. This was Washington, D.C.'s first known serial killer. That's interesting. Yeah. It's crazy that it's as late as the 70s. I know that we had this conversation in one of the other ones. But it's crazy that um, serial killers are so late. Do you know what I mean? But I think it's just because of the records and the name serial killer. I'm going to give you some backstory on each of the victims. So, Carol was a 13-year-old girl. And on April 25th, her older sister, Valerie, basically coaxed her into going to the 7-Eleven. She was like, oh, I need some bread and you can get some soda. Here's $5, you know. That kind of thing. Fair enough. That would work on me. Yeah, she lived opposite. So I think they were in a flat and Valerie was older. So she'd moved like here, um, like over the corridor or something. Or like they were neighbours, but they lived right next to each other. Their mother had told them not to leave the house. But Carol, wanting to go out, please her sister, buy some cool stuff, took on the half mile walk. Just before reaching the store, she ran into her mother who promised her a weapon, and then she got home, like, when she got home, for breaking the rules, sorry. However, since she was so close to the store, her mum told her to just finish up buying her stuff, and then get home, and wait for her to deal with it. Yeah. Carol bought her items, headed home, but she would never make it there. Her mother filed a missing persons report that night. Then, on May 1st, a call came in to a homicide unit at 2.46pm. A group of children had been playing in a field next to the Interstate 295 and had found a body. The body had been strangled. There were cuts to the face, neck, chest and hands and sexual assault had occurred. It was the body of Carol Spinks. Although she'd been missing for six days, the coroner said she'd only been dead for two or three days. That's so sad. So she must have been held captive and kept alive by whoever killed her. This could explain the green fibres on her body and why she was missing her shoes. Also, she had citrus in her stomach. Interesting. So, I guess they fed her, like, a lemon or something. I don't really know. But... Then, Darlenia Johnson, a 16-year-old, was taken while she was headed to her summer job at Oxen Hill Recreation Centre. She was reported missing on July 9th after she failed to show for a sleepover at the recreation centre. During the time which she was missing, 
There were a couple of leads, but they led to nowhere. And the family also started receiving mysterious calls, one of which involved the caller saying, I killed your daughter. That's horrible. Whether it was that person or not. Yeah. Because there are a lot of cases of it being... Not. Yeah, <laughs> just people playing a sick prank. Yeah. But police never figured out who it was. Her body was found by a highway patrol worker shortly after she'd been dumped off the side of the 295, so the same interstate as before. The worker phoned the police, who sent officers to find the remains. However, they said it was all clear, as they didn't bother to get out of their car. They just drove by. That's ridiculous. One week later, so July 19th, the worker returned to where he'd found the body and found they were still there in July heat. That's disgusting, man. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he was friends with a police sergeant, so he phoned him, basically absolutely shouted the house down, being like, I phoned this in a week ago. Why on earth is it still here? The police sergeant was off duty, and he was like, have you tried phoning the police? He was like, yes, I've tried phoning the fucking police, and they've obviously just done nothing. So the sergeant came and sorted it out. And when Darlenia's body was found, she was so badly decomposed that the medical examiner had to cut off her fingers to identify her. Because obviously there was no DNA stuff, it was all like fingerprint based. Her cause of death was undetermined, obviously, because they couldn't tell. However, she's grouped as a victim of the freeway phantom because her body was only 15 feet from where Carol's had been found. Right. Nine days after Darlene's body was found, a hitchhiker found the body of Brenda Crockett, who was 10 years old. She'd been missing since the night before, when her mother had sent her to the store for bread and dog food at around 7pm. Her mother thought she'd gone with a friend, but she hadn't. After an hour, her mother left the house to find her, as she knew something was very wrong because it didn't take an hour to go to and from the store. In the time her mum was gone, the landline rang, so Brenda's sister, Bertha, who was only seven years old, picked up the phone. It was Brenda. She said she'd been snatched by a white man who had taken her somewhere in Virginia, but he'd changed his mind and was sending her home in a taxi. Right. Then, abruptly, she said bye and hung up. Shortly afterwards, there was another phone call. This time, the mother's boyfriend picked up the phone. It was Brenda again. She repeated what she'd said on the last call, adding, Did my mother see me? To which the boyfriend replied, How could your mother see you if you're in Virginia? He then asked Brenda to put the man on the phone. And then he heard some heavy footsteps, and Brenda whispered, Well, I'll see you. And the line went dead. Her body was found just under eight hours later just off of Route 50, beaten, assaulted, and strangled. That's so cryptic as well. I know. I'm going to get more into it sort of later, but police were basically just like, oh yeah, it was probably a throw-off. Nenomosia Yates, I think it's Nenomosia, could be Nenomosia, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, was next. She was a 12-year-old girl walking home from a Safeway at about 7pm on October 1st. Her body was found just three hours after her abduction, off of Pennsylvania Avenue, and she, like the others, had been raped and strangled. 
she also had green fibers on her and no shoes on, which is pretty much the MO. There was also a tip-off with this one, as a witness had seen her getting into a blue Volkswagen with her abductor. But every car that fit that was searched, nothing came of it, so it was just ultimately fruitless. After this, the fourth murder... After this, which was the fourth murder, sorry, the media dubbed the murderer the Freeway Phantom. On November 15th, Brenda Woodward, who was 18, so sorry that it sounds like that when I say it, got on a bus after having dinner with a classmate. Six hours later, a police officer found her stabbed and strangled body just off of an access ramp on Route 202. Interestingly, she was the only girl to still have her shoes on, and a coat had been placed over her chest. In one of the coat's pockets, there was a note which read, This is tantamount to my insensitivity to people, especially women. I will admit the others when you catch me, if you can. Signed, Freeway Phantom. Oh, cocky. Mm Mm-hmm. After investigating, it was found that the Phantom themselves didn't write the note, Instead, they dictated it to Brenda, who had to write it herself. That's horrible, man. Yeah. Police thought that since it didn't look like there was any duress in the way she'd written it, she probably knew the killer. Right. I hadn't even considered that. Nothing came of the note. Damn. The final victim was Diane Williams, who was 17. On September 5th, Diane had cooked dinner for her family, then gone to visit her boyfriend at his house. She then hopped on a bus at 11.20pm to come home after spending a few hours with him. Then, just a couple of hours after this, her strangled body was found next to the 295, same as where the first two victims were. Her shoes were missing, as were most of the others, um, although this was the only case in which there was no sign of sexual assault. Interesting. There was semen, but officers presumed that it was from the boyfriend's house. So, I don't know how legit that is, because obviously they couldn't test it. Yeah. There weren't really many suspects um, that sort of stick around today. So, the case is still open. It's a cold case. We don't know who did it. But there aren't that many suspects that have kind of stood the test of time. So the only ones that I know about were the, the first lot were Green Vega Rapists. They were a gang that operated in Washington, D.C. and were responsible for many rapes and abductions. They were interviewed separately by detectives about this investigation. And initially, one gang member implicated another in the Freeway Phantom murders. However, after a press leak and the accuser wanting to stay anonymous... This lead went nowhere, and the inmate declined any further interviews. On the plus side, if it was any of them, they all went to prison, so at least they'd be serving some time. But I think one of the worst things is not knowing with cases like this, so... Definitely. It's so frustrating that there was the leak, because, like, they had a possible informant. The other suspects were Edward Sullivan and Tommy Simmons. So these were policemen who were arrested for the murder of Angela Denise Barnes. The murder happened between the murders of Darlene and Brenda Crockett. So 
the second and third murders. So originally detectives thought that Angela had been murdered by the freeway phantom. However, there was one big difference. Although she was found next to a freeway, she'd been murdered by a gunshot, not by strangulation. So, I don't know if you could really say that it was these two. Yeah. Because why would you change up what you were doing and then go back to it? It doesn't really make very much sense. Finally, the last last suspect that I'm aware of was Robert Arskins, who was a computer technician. He'd served time in prison for poisoning a sex worker in D.C. However, a sentence was overturned on a legal technicality, so he was freed. In March 1977, police got a search warrant for his house. Here they found soiled women's scarves, photos of girls and young women, a knife that was used in another crime, and an essay from a girl. Robert also looked pretty suspicious because he was known to use the word tantamount a lot. It's a very specific piece of information. Yeah. Like, he used it to stress anything, really. Everyone has that word. Yeah. Seems fishy, because obviously that was in the note that was in the coat pocket. Yep. A month later, police got a warrant to search his car, and here they found two buttons and a gold earring under his back seat. That was it, though. They didn't find, like, a smoking gun to tie him to the killings. The green fibres on the bodies didn't match any in his home or his car, so it was just a dead end. Could have gotten rid of that, though. Yeah. Well, it was a few years. I think it was, yeah, it was five years till they got the search warrant for his house, so... Yeah, it's entirely possible that he just got rid of it. Yeah. He was later convicted of kidnapping and raping two women a few years after the freeway killings. So he died back in prison. He died in prison back in 2010. So we'll never know if it was him. Also, if he can rape two women, (laughs) then it was probably him, right? Possibly. Quite possibly. The FBI believed they had at least someone that was had a high school education, an average or above average intelligence with a job. He lived alone or with an older woman and knew the neighbourhoods he was abducting the women from. Police believed he lived in the same neighbourhood as his first two victims because they were abducted within blocks of each other. The detectives also believed that the killer was black and in his 20s or 30s, which would put a spanner in the Robert Askins theory because he was black, but 52 at the time of the killings. Apart from that, though, no one knows who it was or why they did it. Well, that's really sad. Very unsatisfying. Today is full of unsatisfying stories. Yeah. I just hate it when they're not solved. Yeah, me too. Because if they just had the technology that we have nowadays, they probably would have been. Yep. <sighs> but what can you do? Yeah. And although it's a cold case, like there's still a $150,000 reward, I think, for this case. But where a lot of different people were working on it in like homicide... It wasn't unheard of for people to just take their notes with them as they left the case or if they got transferred onto another case or replaced or whatever. So not all of the notes are still there. Some of them didn't stand the test of time. That's really frustrating. Yeah, some of them, like with um, the body that was decomposed, like if they'd have just 
been better at the time, then we would have better stuff now to go off of. Well, hopefully something will come out of it. Fingers crossed. What do you think? I have no idea. I have no idea. Someone was just being the worst. I don't think it's a, I don't think there's anything super clever about it, you know. Yeah. I don't think that it's like it was the brother of this I don't know, just some person, some sicko having a good time. I don't think that the person that did the note one was the same person that did the rest. Because it was outing himself. Because first of all, it was really cocky. And I feel like, yeah, okay, some serial killers are cocky, but most of the time it's the copycat that's cocky. True. And also, she had her shoes on and she was covered with a coat. She was covered with her coat. And as well, at least one of the girls, one of the other girls, was bathed because she had gone to the shop barefoot and when they checked the bottom of her feet they were super clean like she didn't walk to the shop and back do you know what I mean yeah so I don't know it just feels a bit sloppier than the rest so I feel like it probably wasn't yeah that's a good point I hadn't thought about that yeah but still there's at least at least this many girls which is horrible yep sorry it's okay. <laughs> Next week will be more lighthearted. Hopefully. I think we all need it. Yeah. Sorry about this. And don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs> <laughs>